Now, for your listening pleasure, a strange uncle's replay. Open the gates. This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't uh, know, planes man. that they're building? Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles, Season 5, Episode 1. How is everybody? Doing great. Jesus. It's good to be. It's good to be back. I'm back in you. the saddle again. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to be back. I almost forgot how to do this, which you know we've been doing some test runs prior, and it's obvious I forgot how to do this. So, <laughs> good thing we do these things, right? But uh, Hell yeah, man, it's yeah, it's been a break. You had a big move. Uh, yeah, yeah, had a had a <laughs> had a big move. So, yeah, you guys know we're not going to inundate you too much, uh, folks, but. Um, you know, and I told you guys, it just that it's great being back home, but the tenants absolutely trashed my place, like dead yards, broken appliances, broken window, like just insane. I just don't get people. I don't get people, you know? Jeez. Oh. Is it enough to take them to small claims court or are you just going to wash your hands of it and just be done with it? I don't think it's worth it, honestly. You know, I yeah. thought about that. Wife is all pissed off still. I can't calm her down. I'm like, you know, I mean, by the time you think about it, not even money, but our time. Yeah. It's just like shit. But you know what are you going to do? You know. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. well, that sucks. Let's move on with our life. Right. Right. Like, I mean, that's my motto. So. Yeah. And I mean, if they ever need a a recommendation from a previous renter or something, haha, <laughs> guess what? They're not Yeah, they're not going to get one from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, but yeah, it is going to be back and you know, we've been repairing, painting, patching, unpacking. We're still not here. I've kind of got the studio set up down here in the basement. Um but uh, yeah, you know, kind of damn looking forward to kind of hitting this off and, and uh, we'll be seeing you guys again in July. So folks that are listening, we're not going to be doing this distant thing all the time. Uh, every six weeks I'm back in Salt Lake. And so it'll be cool to get together with you two and, uh, you know, be especially now great timing, right? The COVID is actually lifting up and then I move. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> yeah. what's going on you here? Can finally like do things again. Yeah. 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 What kind of a douche am I? So anyway. But uh, Salt Lake still standing, I assume. So far. Haven't burnt it down yet. (laughs) So far, it's here. Capital Y on yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All busy. Everything's good. Um, Anyway, for listeners out there, thank you for bearing with us. You know, it's been about a month. Uh, We did have some replays out there. Hopefully, you listened to them. Uh, Some of you guys have listened to all the episodes way back when, but some of you guys uh, just caught on maybe this year, this season, whatever have you. Uh, Again, this is season five, so we are kicking it off I think the right way, guys. I think we got a pretty good dude lined up. Yeah, I yeah, sure enjoyed definitely. it. Yeah, it was a 
it was a fun interview for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got uh, we got some good interviews lined up in the beginning. We've got some uh, personal stuff that we're going to throw out there. We got some Patreon things we're going to plan. So yeah, episode uh, season five is off and running. So we'll go from there. Uh, I will say that this uh, this person that we interviewed was kind of it kind of dropped in our lap a little bit. I really didn't expect a response back, but he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm retired. I have nothing better to do." And I'm come on the podcast then, and we'll figure it out. So, you know, there it is. Yeah. But, yeah. So, we are about to roll into it. Unless you guys have anything else necessarily. Anything to talk about catch-ups, anything for the listeners? Are we kind of good? Yeah, I think we can uh, just roll into the interview and roll that beautiful bean footage. Outstanding. So, you guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, this is a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, which is remote viewing. And this man is a an excellent, excellent example He's been in the field forever. His name's Lynn Buchanan. You'll hear it in the interview. Uh, but yeah, everybody, Lynn Buchanan, open the gates. So Lynn Buchanan has had an amazing journey in his career as a remote viewer. Lynn's involvement with controlled remote viewing came about by a long and strange series of events when he was assigned to be part of the Psychic Spies Unit in the military, which some of the research he was part of is still classified to this day. He retired in 1992 from the military and started a company called Problem Solutions Innovations, where at the present time possesses the most complete body of data on the applications of remote viewing in real world applications. Along with all of that, not only did he become a multilinguist in Russian, Mongolian, and Japanese, but he is author of a book called The Seventh Sense, The History of Remote Viewing as Told by a Psychic Spy for the U.S. Military. The list of his talents goes on, but let's let him explain all of those. Len Buchanan, welcome to Strange Uncles. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thank you. It's an honor. Fantastic. Now, I just... uh, Number one, I, I guess we want to start just with with the accolades of just everything you've been into. And, of course, you know, you're still involved actively uh, in remote viewing in, in general. We're not going to go down the road with our viewers of, of what it is because they already know that. Um, I, I think the first question that, that we really want to ask you is, uh, you know, where did that start? Like how – what did that look like to even get into that subject matter? And did you really even know what it was when you started getting into it? Uh. For me personally, uh-huh. uh, yeah, when uh, when General Stubblebine came out to the military unit, uh, he, uh, I'd had this PK event where it killed computers. If you've seen the Many Stare at Ghost movie, and he got up in my face and said, "Did you kill my computers with your mind?" You know, and. I could see my great grandchildren still paying for computers, you know, <laughs> and uh, I said, yes, sir, I did. And uh, he got this grin on his face far up and out. Have I ever got a job for you? And uh, he said, we'll be in touch. Wow. So about two, about two months later, these two guys came from DC and, uh, they took me and my wife out to lunch and uh, they sort of, without reading me on, which is the official way to tell you, 
uh, they just sort of told me what the unit was. And I thought, oh, you bet, I want that. And, uh, and they looked at my wife and said, but how do you feel about that? And she said, I think it's great. Hmm. So then about a month later, uh, they called me to uh, Fort Meade and uh, read me on officially and, you know, transferred me from Germany to, uh, to Fort Meade. And I became a part of the unit. But even still, I was thinking, you know, this is candid camera. This is a big joke. The Army doesn't do this. And then I saw the guys doing it. And, uh, and they were great. And it worked. And, you know, they showed me the, uh, the materials that they had done and all that. And, and I thought, this has got to be the most fantastic thing I've ever seen. Hmm. And so there I was. I was in the unit. Yeah. Oh, so at that time, did the uh, – I, I mean, obviously, the, the Army, I'm assuming, correct? The military was at the branch you were part of or – Army, yeah. Army, mm-hmm. Army. Did you know how deep that they were into it? Like, how long did it take you to realize? Wait a minute, you know they've been studying this for a while. This is, I guess, in how infancy was this whole psychic spies unit at that time that you joined? Yeah, in the um, in the redon, I learned that they had been in operation for about ten years. Oh wow! Already, and uh, then uh, as of course I got in and got trained. Uh, and became a remote viewer. Uh, I was also the database manager because I do databasing and programming and all that. And uh, and so at different points, I learned that uh, this did not just come out of nowhere. And um, I, I found some documentation and all that basically said that back when Adolf Hitler was in power, he had a, um, he had a group doing mind control experiments and all that called Dr. Grunbaum, which green tree, uh, because he was really as much as he, you know, killed the Jews and all that. He was very deep into, Hebrew mysticism, the green tree. Yep. And uh, so he had Dr. Grunbaum as a project and they were doing mind control experiments, uh, psychological experiments, and much of the uh, psyops of our government came from actually uh, had its roots in Nazism, in the Nazi project. And no, anyway, when Hitler lost the war, uh, uh, England, France, and the U.S. Uh, and Russia started taking the uh, nuclear people and the rocket people and all that. Right, right. Uh, Russia was the only one interested in the psychic stuff, you know. And so they took it and they started developing it. And in the 60s, uh, mid-60s, we were losing our intelligence information like crazy they couldn't find out how and um this uh defector from russia uh brought with him documentation that showed that they had basically a psychic spying effort 
and uh, you know everybody had a good life at that. But the intelligence community doesn't laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. And uh, uh, so they said, "Well, let's look into it." So they went out and got some uh, uh, researchers out in California at Stanford Research Institute and had them start developing projects. They hired a man named Inga Swan, who developed the controlled remote viewing uh, methodology. And that's what turned into the military spying project, psychic spying project. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's actually one of my questions. I was going to ask, uh, ask you later on in, in the interview. One of us was, but uh, Ingo Swan, do you mind? So obviously you, you knew Ingo. What oh, yeah. was what was that like? I mean, I, I can imagine just what was his whole character like? His whole character, uh, he could be nice, but uh, uh, you say something wrong or do something wrong. I mean, he stomp you, you know, and the old curmudgeon came out. <laughs> and uh, and it was fantastic. We had a good friendship. Uh, uh, you know, we'd, we'd argue and fight and all this, and then, you know, uh, but uh, we, were, we were really good friends, and uh, I thought the world of Inga. I've never, I don't think I've ever met a smarter person. Wow. He was extremely smart. That's highly, that's amazing. That's amazing. When you talk about uh, the Russians had the only interest in remote viewing at that time before, I, I guess, you know, we got on board and everybody else got on board. It was that, just out of curiosity, was that one of the reasons you became a linguist in that language or was there another thing? Oh, no. Uh, no, I was uh, fluent in German already and was teaching it in college. And uh, this was after my first term in the military. And uh, later I went back into the military and uh, they said, okay, uh, you're a German linguist. We will test you and send you to Germany. And some bean counter came along and said, no, we have enough German linguists. Stick them in Russian school. And so there I was in Russian school. It's the army way of doing things. That, that. <laughs> and, uh, so I stayed in Russian school and uh, then got assigned as a German-Russian linguist to Japan. <laughs> it's, again, it's the military way, you know, and, uh, and worked in Japan, picked up Japanese and Mongolian. And uh, I, I love languages. So, you know, I picked these up along the way. Then uh, I came back, went to advanced Russian, and then got sent over to Germany to uh, do basically Russian intercept, you know. Mm. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it was in Germany where that event where the computer happened, Mm -hmm. and uh, General Stubblebine came out, grabbed me, and put me into the unit. So is uh, the SRI, is that where you did a lot of your training at the beginning? No, uh, we did it at Fort Meade. Oh, okay. I did it at Fort Meade. Now, uh, the day I met, went into the unit was a, a Friday. And uh, uh, the following Monday, I was supposed to go to Ingo for training. 
But on Friday, Ingo lost his contract. Oh. And so they said, okay, well, let's get Ingo's students who are already trained to train in-house. And so I trained uh, from Ingo's students. It was later when I met Ingo, became friends, and, uh, you know, learned a lot from him afterwards. But uh, my formal training was in the military unit. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, Maryland, I think, right? Meade, is that correct? Fort Meade, Maryland. Or right Fort Meade, Maryland, yeah. Did they have you guys in like a uh, – originally like a, a – a, not a demoed, but – Literally a, a barracks that that they it was off limits was too dangerous to be in and they just kind of threw you into that building wasn't that kind of the thing? Uh, ramshackle is the uh, term usually used for that building. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was condemned right after World War Two. Oh my God! And it was a set of two buildings. One was the uh, kitchen and cook area. That's where we did our work. And the other was the uh, the area for the administration. This in World War Two, mm-hmm. for the administration, for the uh, cooks and all that. And that was our administration building. The old kitchen area and all that was our was where we worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, hey, you know, if you're going to have a secret unit, I suppose put them in the condemned building type thing that you is, <laughs> yeah so and just for our listeners too so what year did that start you're saying it was condemned in world war ii area what year did that kick off that you were part of that unit that i was part of the unit early in 1994 okay yeah, yeah. quite a quite a chunk of time wow yeah and are there uh so what but now that unit it actually started only about 10 years before that Okay, so early sat there dormant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, Just yeah, crumbling, yeah. waiting for you guys to arrive. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, oh boy. Um, are there any type of like declassified things that you can talk about that that unit, kind of some operations that you guys performed or oh, any, any yeah. type of? A lot of the uh, stuff that we did is now available on Freedom of Information Act, and. Um, a lot of it, of course, is now published in books. Um, um, a lot of the work that I did that has been declassified is now in my book. I hate people who always, you know, shove their book in everybody's faces, but it's called The, uh, uh, the Seventh Sense. And uh, it tells about my time there in the unit. Um, it also tells about what remote viewing is, gives exercises that people can do and all that. So, mm. um, Let's talk about that a little bit, if, if you don't mind, Lynn. Um, well, first of all, I, I guess, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it time and time again as you, as you interview. When we wrap up, we I do want to kind of ask about the movie, of course. We're not going to mention it now, but oh, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll touch bases <laughs> on it. But uh, so was the movie loosely based on the book at all, or, or how did that how did that come about? Well, it was loosely based on a book by John Ronson over in England who uh, had the um, contract to uh, write a book that would embarrass the U.S. government. And he chose the psychic stuff to, to use it. And um, so the movie actually 
has very little to do with the book itself, but the book is named The Man Who Stare at Goats. Mm. And um, so um, the movie starts out, you wouldn't believe how much this is true. The fact is the storyline that held the plot together uh, took information from about 20 years of that, of that project and put it into that storyline plot. And watching the movie, first of all, I laughed all the way through it. It was a comedy. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, watching the movie, I really didn't see hardly anything that had not actually happened. I'll be damned. Um, yeah. Um, the killing of the goat, uh, the uh, other things. Um, the only thing I can remember that didn't actually happen is at the end of the movie, Len's student walks through a wall. Right. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene. That's it's been a while, yeah. but yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie for sure. And again, <laughs> I, we're gonna well, you know, we'll play in with that. Um, so. Would you mind a little bit? There's a certain time, and again, you know, we don't go into what remote viewing is. If you listen to this podcast, you should know what it is. But you were mainly concentrated in CRV. Is that is that correct? Totally concentrated. Yeah. Okay. Do you mind kind of breaking that down a little bit on like what method that is, what that looked like for what your research was? Yeah. Okay. Um, controlled remote viewing is not in in and of itself psychic, okay? It is a methodology that was developed by Ingo Swan uh, to get your subconscious mind, which is psychic, talking to your conscious mind so that information from your subconscious can be found consciously and written down so that some customer can use it. Hmm. And... uh, what he did, he started out with these different stages of work. In the first stage, you uh, you get just the overall, what's called gestalts, overall aspects. There's water and some land, okay? Then in stage two, you go in and you say, okay, the water is, and you start describing it. When you get through that, you say, the land is, and you start describing it. Stage three, you take the information you got from that, and you start drawing it to get a sketch. In stage four, you uh, take the information from that and from the sketch, and you start finding tiny, tiny details about it. Like in the sketch, you found there's something man-made over here that is uh, red, Okay, you get into stage four. Why is it red? What causes it to be red? What's the ramifications of it being red? And this process takes the remote viewer, the psychic, and uh, in an organized manner, gets them to where they can describe and and almost even draw uh, accurately uh, the, you know, some micro microboard, you know, some right. computer microboard or the floor plans of the uh, building where a hostage is being held. Um, the, uh, 
diagrams of scientific developments that are being developed in another country, um, what a foreign leader is planning for the next day of battle, things like this. Mm. And so it's a, it's a progressive method that um, at right about stage three passes what a normal psychic can do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Do you, do you find that that, that method is the most effective? I, it, and, 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 and we'll get into it later on in the podcast, but you, you know, you still are doing this. You're probably doing this with your company. Um, do you mm-hmm. still find that method the, the best? Do you still kind of pin off that or no? It works for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. If it, if it ain't uh, broke, actually, don't fix it. Yeah. Actually, when you go to get details, extreme details like, uh, uh, Exactly, you know the the uh, archaeologist has this big field, and you finally get to where you can say, "Dig right here," <laughs> and you'll find what you're looking for, or you know something like that. Uh, that is something that um, the absolute best psychics may be able to do, but. Uh, um, it's something that this Ingo Swan methodology takes you from your just your normal intuitive ability to where you can do it too. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, we're going to take a quick break, Lynn, but we're going to come back. And, and I think, you know, we've got the, the structure of everything laid out. We really want to get into some stories if you're okay with that, if you're comfortable with that. Sure. Um, so yeah. we're going to take a quick break. Stand by, everybody. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, everybody. And we're back with Lynn Buchanan. Um, I, so my, and we can roundhouse this because I, I think this is what we all really want to get into was just the research you did, the stories you did. Uh, if you had to pick, and, and this may be, I'm sure you can't just pick one thing out, but when you talk about the sessions that you were involved in, the research you were involved in, what what was some of the nitty gritty? What was some of the things, maybe a session that really, stuck out to you that, that, that just, you really, maybe you didn't want to be part of, does that make sense? Oh, I wanted to be part of all of it. Did you? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. uh, That doesn't mean that some of those sessions weren't extremely horrific. Some of them were. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, um, you know, I, I wanted to be part of what we were doing. I wanted to be involved and uh, good results came from it. So, mm-hmm. uh, but most of them were basically just information gathering, uh, doing personality profiles in people, finding out what uh, some military or government leader in a foreign country 
has planned for what, how they're going to vote, what they plan to do, the next day of battle for a military leader, things like this. You uh, you had in your notes, it just fascinates me that that is what you guys were involved in, but uh, Saddam Hussein, that was yeah. one thing when you were in there. What, what what kind of involvement was that? Like, what did you guys uh, have to do with, obviously, he was not a good person in general, but uh, what did that research look like in, with him involved? Yeah, for one thing, he was crazy. He was, I mean, he was you know, yeah. bat flight crazy, you know, yeah. but... Um, uh, it was uh, mainly accessing him, getting his getting his plans and intentions, uh, finding his location over and over and over, um, and um, you know just uh, uh, basically spying on everything he was going to do. Yeah, the man didn't stand a chance. <laughs> um, when uh, uh, if you know who Joe McMonagall is, uh, when uh, the um, attack on the embassy um, happened and they were trying to rescue the embassy employees, um, the Marine team that was going in with the helicopters uh, hit a sandstorm and the helicopters got clogged with the sand and couldn't fly, so they had to land all of a sudden. And Joe was remote viewing at that moment. Hmm. And uh, he reported that the helicopters were down. And so they sent that up through the chain of command, and that got to the president 10 minutes before the electronic message came from the uh, uh, team over there that their helicopters were down. The, the, the actual wire that it came through, it came in 10 minutes prior. That's yeah, crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you, did you guys have oh, a question. Ahead, okay. Um, was he one of the only ones, Lynn? Was there other, I mean, you know, you talk about other, you know, Oh yeah. Leaders there, power. Uh, while I was there, there were, um, uh, basically eight of us that, uh, came in and left and all that, you know. And uh, I was there for eight and a half years, which is an unheard of amount of time for a uh, an enlisted tour. And uh, uh, I had to turn down promotions and all that in order to stay, in fact. Hmm. Wow. But, um, but uh, you know, it was the most amazing job I've ever had in my life. I wouldn't about to give it up. If I could keep it. <laughs> That's a, Well, and you know, it, it. you mentioned that you want to be part of it all. I mean, I we couldn't even imagine how amazing it was just because you're you're part of this group. You're part of what you're doing. You're seeing the results from it. Um, even though you want to be part of it so much, I, I would imagine, I would think that there'd be some psychological wear and tear to a certain point. Was there ever, well, ever a, a point tre- there? Tremendous psychological wear and tear. Oh. Um, uh, I was fairly good at uh, accessing people mentally, and uh, I had been tasked with all of these leaders and bad guys and everything else. And uh, one time I went in and, uh, and told the director, I said, look, 
I can't do this anymore. Give me Bozo the Clown. Give me Mother Teresa. Give me somebody besides these guys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's just eating me alive. And, of course, he said, you're a soldier. Do your damn job. Suck, suck it suck up. It up. Yeah. Get out, you know. And so I did. But about a week later, unknown to me, there was a low in the uh, requirements for us. And so the monitor that monitored my sessions, uh, we went over to the other building and he said, okay, you're doing another personality assessment. And so um, I started the session and all of a sudden I realized, listen, this, this guy isn't a bad guy. This is a great guy. And, uh, and so by the end of that session, I was just, I had this glowing feeling in me that I had met somebody that was so perfect. Hmm. And uh, so anyway, my summary for that session was, whatever evil you think this guy did, he didn't do it. And uh, the monitor opened the envelope, pulled out the target listing, and our director had handwritten on a piece of paper, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> Seriously. And, uh, wow. Uh, that, that session actually had a profound psychological, religious, and emotional and everything effect on my life hmm. following up. You know, it really did. From that, um, from that set, what were you be? Were you always religious from the beginning, or or did that just confound it? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. What does it look like inside a person's head? Like once you are able to remote view somebody psychologically, like what does that look well, like? Here is one of the uh, here is one of the things about controlled remote viewing is that it is so detailed that. Um, we have mental tools to keep us from getting what's called sucked in. So you don't get into that other person's head because as you get into that other person's head and you feel their feelings and you, you know, think their thoughts, Mm -hmm. they have political belief systems, religious belief systems and all that. And those can affect you. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And you may not get over those after the session. I know there was one session one time where uh, I was doing this uh, military political leader in another country and uh, uh, just finished the session, reported what I got and all that. And I had this just eerie feeling that I had missed something. And so I was driving home and... uh, 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 I lived about about a two and a half hour drive from work and uh, I was driving home and I was mentally going through what I was going to do that weekend and it was, you know, mow the lawn, wash the car, kill my wife and <laughs> do these other things, you know. Yikes. Yeah. And I thought, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I went back through it and um, and I sort of realized what I had missed. And uh, that Monday when I went back to work, 
the news item, one of the news items was that this targeted leader, his wife had died under mysterious circumstances that oh, weekend. No <laughs> way. Oh, and uh, so anyway, but those things can, uh, you know, those things can sort of seep in and you don't realize mm-hmm. it. So we don't get into anybody's head. Right. We, um, we basically have a conversation with their subconscious mind and uh, report what we get. Yeah. Ha- have so, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, do, do pro- obviously not every target because some of them aren't going to be even aware that this is a thing, but uh, did you ever have uh, targets that you were trying to view that maybe had like uh, countermeasures or like training to try and keep you from accessing them? Yeah, one of the things about CRV, controlled remote viewing, is that in and of itself, it's not a psychic process. Right. It's a uh, set of tools, mental tools. And uh, the way it's devised, if you stick to the Inga Swan process, you really can't be detected. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we have found during all the years of doing this, we have found ways to get past uh, basically every form of protection against being psychically spied on that I ever met. That, yeah, that they may wow. they might have. Yeah, and I think you kind of answered. You asked my question a little bit, Josh, but I think that was. I was. Have you ever had, especially maybe in the early days of research, where you know you're getting into that subconscious level, and they caught on to it. Has that ever happened, or is there anything in research that, that has proven that there's a reverse? Does that make sense? There were two basic times. One, uh, uh, I was doing a session, and I got out of structure, out of the Ingus One structure, and uh, I was mentally standing. It was a uh, practice target of a museum, and I was standing in front of this museum case looking down at some stuff, and uh, one of the things about remote viewing, the controlled remote viewing, is that you tend to go there at a static moment. Mm. And so I looked up, and people in the museum were frozen, you know, not moving. And I looked around, and this young Chinese-looking woman was looking straight at me. And I sort of did a double take. When I did, she turned around and disappeared. Hmm. And so, I mean, that was totally unusual. Yeah. And so I mentioned it to my monitor and and my monitor had the presence of mind to say, okay, move to where she disappeared to and describe. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so I did. And that's how we found and uh, sort of made mental contact with the Chinese psychic spying effort. I'll be there. um, And the other time, There were probably many other times along this line. The other time was when uh, uh, I was doing the uh, alien base that's uh, in Australia. And uh, basically what happened was I was there and uh, they let me know that they knew I was there and that it was okay. Go ahead and look around. So I did, you know. Um, 
alien base in Australia? Could you explain yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got our interest. I kind of wonder if anybody would key in on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, uh, hold on. Uh, at SRI, they had a uh, another viewer named Pat Price, and yeah. he found four alien bases on Earth. And uh, and what do you mean extraterrestrial, right? Like Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, at different times in our training, we would be tasked with those. Once they had a database that showed our track record, showed how good we are at colors, how good we are at shapes and everything else, then um, we would be tasked with one of those because there's no feedback. And so if you said red, they look in the database and say, how good is he at red? That's dependable. Yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, when I got that series of practice targets for the uh, alien bases, uh, I found the bases and uh, the one in uh, Australia is where basically I got caught and I was, I was in structure and everything else. Mm-hmm. And ideally in structure, you can't get caught. But I was caught in structure, and they let me know, "Hey, we know you're here. It's okay." But, but they did, they're not going to mess with you. Let you do your do your thing or whatever have you. So yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. How, how how many uh, times did you did you actually? Inca- I, I'm sorry, you just peeked. Right now we're like, oh my god, <laughs> we're geeking out over. Um, how many <laughs> times did you actually go down where that was? It wasn't what we would think of real world. Um, you're doing it for military purposes, ambassadors, you know, third world leaders, but you opened this other side. Yeah. And we were never officially tasked through official channels to do any ET or UFO work. Mm-hmm. Now, if a four star general or a senator or something like that came in and asked a question, what's the sergeant going to say? No. <laughs> Uh, you know, and uh, ask for a favor uh, then. But we were never officially tasked to do any ET work. Um, And you said you let the, they let you look around uh, the Australian base. Mm -hmm. Could you tell if it was like on land, underwater? Oh, Um, it was, it was uh, inside a mountain. Inside a Mm. mountain. And, uh, it seems to on that base seems to be a uh, entry port for friendlies to come to the Earth. They enter Earth airspace there, and then wherever they're going around the Earth, they they go out from there. And uh, there is a lot of reported you have activity around that mountain so in, in that area uh, you mentioned yeah. friendlies is that and again you know if we don't want to go down this road this is perfectly fine but that leads me to to wonder that there's unfriendlies as well that maybe you oh, yeah. are aware of yeah. yeah wow uh in fact after the military i was asked to um do a study uh comparing et psychic ability this very specific ET psychic ability to human psychic ability. Hmm. And uh, there's not just us and them. There's us and 
them and them and them and them and them and them and them, you know, all the many thems. And uh, so I was given access to many records. And uh, um, the conclusion that I finally came up with was uh, brought to me by this one incident where uh, these guys were camping by a lake. And uh, in the evening, they saw this UFO off in the distance, and it started coming toward them. And they stood there and watched this UFO, thinking it was going to go over. It came over them, stopped, and they were frozen, and they got abducted. Hmm. And uh, from studying these other incidents that I had found that I was given, um, it dawned on me that uh, the um, that those ETs might have more power than we have, but they have no range. They have to be right over you. Oh, and wow. so um, uh, in the study, I had found that there were those that don't like us and those that the friendlies and the unfriendlies. And within each group, there are those who are more psychic than we are and either equal or less psychic than we are. And uh, I had already sort of broken these and the incidents surrounding them into four groups. And one was uh, that the friendly, well, the unfriendly, less psychics tend to only come here by accident. Uh, The friendly, the friendly non-psychics come here for trade. The friendly ones who are more psychic than we are evidently want us to develop our abilities and, and learn and educate us and all this. The unfriendly ones tend to want us just wiped off the planet. Hmm. And I couldn't figure out why. And that one incident told me because even though they may have more ability than we have, they have no range. We can see across space and time like we can see across a room. So when we get out into space, if we develop that ability, we, we will be a power in the universe. And the unfriendlies know that. Yeah. And that's why the friendly ones want to help us. The friendly ones want to get rid of us. Please, the unfriendly ones want to get rid of us. Yeah. Please tell that me, Lynn, that there's more friendlies and unfriendlies in this whole balance equation going on. Or, or well, as far as them coming here, mm-hmm. yeah, the the unfriendly ones don't tend to come here. Yeah. Is that um, kind of what you tend to focus on now? Is traversing space and time almost, or? Like in in your work nowadays, what what do you prefer to uh, controlled remote view or no? Is um, it just and, and is it anything? Is it yeah? CRV is meant to be a practical situation, you know, mm-hmm. for military and and all that. And now that it's come out into the civilian arena, uh, we're doing it for helping doctors diagnose things, uh, for researchers uh, to. Um, um, you know, 
develop, develop their research better um, for uh, treasure hunters to find treasures, gamblers to find, you know, actually come back from the casino with some money. <laughs> and uh, um, businesses, police departments, uh, and government agencies that need this help every now and then. Uh, for the police and the agencies, that's all pro bono work. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the applications that have, come over, that have come from the civilian arena are really quite diverse. Do yeah. you think now? I, oh, sorry. I, uh, so, um, I noticed that in your uh, bio, you said you work with like uh, businesses, police agencies, yeah. Yeah. all that. How many, is there a significant amount of police agencies across the country using like, is there's a remote viewer in that agency or like. Uh, more so than, more so than before. Mm-hmm. Now the, um, the thing is that, the Facebook armchair experts who are loud and all this, yeah. are, they're uh, really disgracing the word remote viewing, but they're using the word remote viewing, not controlled remote viewing. Mm. And the uh, project managers and the, and the viewers who are actually doing specifically the controlled remote viewing are very quietly doing it in the background, staying away from Facebook, staying away from the pie fights and all this other stuff. And, um, and so the word is getting around and people are starting to very quietly uh, use the controlled remote viewers again, you know, and um, yeah, it's, it's spreading among businesses, the police, and, and and other people, yeah. So, do you but think we, we sign non-disclosure agreements so we don't talk about our work? Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we just we just quietly uh, beneath all that excuse me crap that's on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. just do our work and uh, and do some good. Yeah. Well, it's usually the morons and charlatans that make the loudest noise. That's, oh yeah. That's absolutely true too. Do you see? Or I mean, obviously, you're hoping. Are we looking better when we talk about the stigma of, you say, remote viewing and not necessarily CRV? Is it getting better? Are we making strides? Like, where do you want it to get to one of these days? Yeah, um, remote viewing itself, okay? When it first came out to the public, it was laughed at and and comedy routines and everything else, you know. And uh, uh, all of this... Spooky stuff. I know that they uh, did a movie where a it showed that a military remote viewer was actually uh, wound up being a murderer because of you know mass murderer because of what he did. And uh, uh, there was a TV show that showed that the uh, uh, remote viewing messed up a military remote viewer so badly that he jumped off of a balcony and killed himself. All this other stuff, you know, yeah. just, uh, the Hollywood drama. And they still do that uh, to some extent. But now, like uh, uh, your podcast here, you're serious about it. I mean, you aren't here to say, well, 
you're so psychic, why aren't you rich? You know, and all that <laughs> right. stuff, you know. <laughs> right. And, um, uh, by the way, I am psychic and I am fairly rich. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, um, yeah, it's taken more, it's taken seriously. Yeah. No, yeah. a whole lot more than it was. It's yeah, proving it's, itself in actual work. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you can't. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, after yeah. so, so many things. Uh, I, the, the book that really uh, sold me was Annie Jacobson's Phenomena where it talks about Pat Price and SRI and Russell Targ yeah. and everything. I mean, the, you can't deny, you can't deny the evidence and the evidence is out there. Um, well, a lot of people regardless are, if uh, a layman like myself doesn't understand the yeah. mechanics behind it. A lot of people are denying the evidence, but you know, it's still proof. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, so, you know, speaking of Hollywood, you know, you mentioned that let's say, let's end on a high, on a high note. How ecstatic were you to know that George Clooney played you in a movie? I mean, let's loop back to the men who stare at ghosts because yeah. I think that's a well. Point. Let's let's be accurate about this, okay? Uh, yeah, he played me, and and many of the things that happened to Lynn Cassidy was it mm-hmm. uh, were actually my experiences. However, the plot had to entail twenty years of actual events. Right. And so it wound up that the character Lynn Cassidy was actually a compilation of many other real people, mm-hmm. not just me. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, I killed the computers. I didn't kill the goat. That was another sergeant that did that. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and so, uh, and so, you know, to say that George Clooney played me in the movie, um, I was a major part of the character that he played. Yeah. That's being accurate about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I tell you, you know, for, for what it's worth and, and just to wrap up, you know, all jokes aside, um, you yeah. know, you, you, if nothing else, you have to be humbled at the end of the day because, you know, you're – and you know, and and I, I, we were so looking forward to having you on because the the research, the history, the stories, everything you've been involved in, and just who you are as a person, I just blows our minds. And I, and I can't thank you enough for doing it. You know, and and just you know the movie thing. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just just amazing. Um, so you have something you're doing now uh, that we've read in the bio. It's the problem solutions innovations. Uh, do yeah. do do you want to discuss that? Anything you want to promote on your side? That company? What you you're actively still doing that? You're still helping people? Well, what I'm doing now, especially with the COVID thing, is uh, I'm moving all of the training over to uh, online training. Mm. I'm making videos. Uh, I have the ARV course, which is um, associative remote viewing, which has many, many uses, and yet everybody says, oh, let's go gamble, because it predicts the outcome of of an event, and uh, like a ball game or a roulette wheel. Mm -hmm. And so that's 90% of the people use it for that. It has many uses. Also, I have the basic level CRV course, and uh, I'm developing right now, finishing up the intermediate level uh, course. Then I have the advanced level, the post-advanced level, 
the monitors course, the medical applications course, the police applications course, and wow. you know, the, and the, the, um, the basic course itself has over 160 videos in it. So that's um, amazing. Are, are do you find just uh, uh, this more curiosity on my side? Uh, I don't know about John and Josh, but have have you been more reached out? because of COVID like is, are people reaching out more popular because they're like, Hey, they stumble on this thing or has that really changed? I still get like about 80 email a day. There's no way to keep up with it. But, um, uh, over the past actually eight years, um, my mother who is right at about a hundred was in the process of very lengthy, uh, expiration and dying. We took care of her. Then my wife, and in October of this last year, my wife died. So sorry. And so, uh, so I have been sort of out of socket on it. And now, then with the COVID, immediately just started the uh, online training. Just gave up on in-house training. And yeah. Our our, do that. our our condolences. I very very sorry. Oh, thank you. That's 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 yeah. Um, well, you know, John, Josh, you have any more questions, any more follow-ups? I mean, it it just, um, yeah, well, I just want to make sure that the, uh, is the proper website that everyone should be going to, um, is it crviewer.com? That's it. Uh Okay. Yeah. I'm on that right now. Cool. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's also, I see free resources, like you have target of links and everything. Yeah. I have over 450 presently. I'm adding probably added about a couple hundred more um, good remote viewing targets that have lots of feedback. They're not esoteric. You know, they have feedback mm-hmm. and uh, we don't track anybody. So if anybody wants to try some of those targets, if you do badly, nobody has to know <laughs> if you do great, you have total bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, wondering so we've tried our own session uh, uh, and I mean, we, we, we have no idea what we're doing, but I mean, we've read some books and you know, we, we did our best and actually Josh had some pretty interesting results yeah. with his, but um, is there any just quick tips that like you could give somebody to, that's just starting out? I, I, I don't want you to give away too much of anything, but right. like, yeah. Oh, uh, one of the basic things that we learned about getting more accurate information, uh, somebody will get that something at the target side is red, round. Oh, it's a ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's your conscious mind making logic. It's not your subconscious being psychic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It may be a kitchen appliance that's red and round. You don't know. Right. And so, um, what we do, one of the first things we do, and it's very hard training, by the way, is we tell them no nouns. Describe. Oh. Don't try to identify what the target is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and if that. you do that, what you're going to find is that if you stop trying to name the target and you only describe it, your accuracy rate is going to go up. So that's very interesting in that, and, and just learn to follow the steps, learn not to have that conscious mind grab onto a thing, 
right, right. away. Yeah. yeah. Like we're naturally apt to do. I mean, just us as humans, this is what we do. So I yeah. think that's the hardest thing with remote viewing is you really, you, you've got to train yourself to do the opposite. Yeah. We have a uh, training analogy that says, Og and Og, two cavemen were walking through the forest, primeval forest and a twig snapped behind them. Og said, saber-toothed tiger, identified it immediately and started running. Og said, uh, what's that? Well, guess whose descendants we are. <laughs> That's a good one. That's and the really thing is, one. from very caveman days, the person who could identify the quickest survived. Mm-hmm. And so in remote viewing, you have all of human history to overcome. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a challenge for sure uphill. It really is, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Well, first of all, you know, thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, your military, so I was a Navy, so I was a military. I'm, I'm very aware of the term military intelligence. It's, it's irony oh, yeah. at its finest for sure. Um, yeah. But we also want to remind everybody your book, uh, Lynn, Seventh Sense, The History of Remote Viewing, as told by a psychic spy for the U.S. military. Um, right. You know, pick it up. It, it's amazing. It's something that's on my to-do list, definitely. And and we love having you. Thank you so much for you. We'd love to have you back, you know, if you make any progress, you sure. need any promotion on yeah. our side. And if you don't mind just hanging on, we're going to wrap up the interview. But if you don't mind staying online uh, afterwards, we just want to say our thanks and and. We'll go for there. So everybody, that was Lynn Buchanan. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. You know, it still blows my mind with like just his story. He's so nonchalant and cavalier about everything that he did. You know, all these projects, all these secret things, all, you know, it just, it, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. I liked how he just very, very dryly slipped in the, when they had him target the underground base in Australia. Yeah. I just kept <laughs> going right on by it. Like what you And think? when we were like, whoa, 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 wait, what? He was like, huh, I thought I'd see if you guys had noticed that. I was like, of course we would. Yeah, no I risk. almost let him. I almost like just didn't say anything about it, but I'm like, I I can't not. <laughs> I can't not let that go. Just, yeah, like what? Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. Funny. Like he he dropped it the way I dropped something weird about like anarchism in a random conversation, and then keep moving in case you know people <laughs> yeah. don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he was like, yeah, and then there was the alien base. But anyway, this one time I was looking at like Muammar Gaddafi or something, and we we're like, wait, what? Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Yeah, it just and you know, and he was talking about not just the N alien base, but four, evidently, which you guys heard in the interview. Yeah, um, I, you know, take it or leave it for what it's worth. I mean, I, you know, and I'm sure what he talked about was just the tip of the iceberg. You know, the operations and the projects he's been involved in and everything. I mean, I, you know, we that was what a fifty fifty five minute episode, and oh my god, you know, just everything he was dishing out. I, I was like a little kid in a candy store, just crazy. Mm. Yeah, I immediately. Uh, ate some medicinals and um, <laughs> did you watch a movie? Went and watched <laughs> the many Coats. Yeah. I, I actually did the same thing, but with uh, a couple shots. Yeah. It's it just amazing. You know, like I said, and the movie still holds up to be honest with you. 
I yeah, forgot it was a so lot of fun, much. Actually, yeah, exactly. Reminiscent for sure. So, well, we're hoping to have him back on. I did email after the uh, after the interview, and, and he said, "Yeah, more than happy." He's got tons of stories, and I think really, you know, when we do this with a lot of our guests, when we have him back on, the first time we kind of do that broad scope and get to feel them out, where they came from, what they've been involved in. And the second time around, we more specifically kind of narrow into something that really a subject they might have brought up, uh, something we want to pinpoint, you know, and those, those interviews are always fun too, because, you know, you kind of dig underneath the layers of skin a bit, you know, always a good thing. So, yeah, yeah. have a little bit more of a repertoire with each other and feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, and it's kind of neat, too, because we get some guests that actually uh, reach out and go, hey, can't wait to come back on. Let me know when you have a slot. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, so, yeah. you know, it's building build the rapport, right? Hey, we're not complete dipshits. <laughs> complete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, note to self. I mean, we're, we're dipshits, but we're, we're not all the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half, halfway down f- the you, thing. You never go full dipshit. <laughs> we're Calm a, down, we're a slice thunder. of bread short of a dipshit sandwich yeah, or right. something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. No, too cool. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, again, that's season one. Uh, we have more to come in. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a fun season. And then I mentioned this at the end of season four that uh, I got tickets to that Bigfoot Festival. So that's coming actually this month. So that's in June. Oh, nice. And so we'll, yeah, we'll see what uh, they're supposed That'll to be fun. Yeah, it's supposed to be good, some good speakers going on. So, you know, we'll see. I expect uh, right up on my desk at uh, 0800. Yep, absolutely, sir. I will hand it to you in person in July. So, yeah, it should be cool. Looking for the weird stuff for sure. Um, I will say a little fun fact about uh, we talked about it in the beginning about moving, you know, because moving always sucks no matter what it is, whether it's back home. It just moving sucks in general. But yeah, the, the wife decided to, uh, you know, she's like, well, she goes, we move back. Can we make our house look grown up? I'm like, well, what are you? What are you talking about, girl? She goes, well, you know, none of your weird shit all over the house, and so I'm limited to the basement. But she did give me the hallway, and so immediately my weird shit went up, and it's on every. And she's like, man, I shouldn't have said a word. So when you come out of the bathroom, you're staring at Frankenstein <laughs> automatically, and she's like, God damn you! I'm like, hey, you told me the rules, and I followed them, so it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> I mean, Frankenstein's way cooler than like a live, laugh, love sign or something, right? Yeah, tell me about it. Well, what does she mean by adult? I know it's a uh, It means suppressing your personality to uh, make <laughs> other people comfortable. I think that's a very good definition, sir, for sure. But anyway, kind of cool. Um, listeners, if you have stories, you have tales to tell, you have a relative that has anything, by all means, we want to hear it. You can email us at strangeuncles@gmail.com, or you can call us at eight zero one two five two sixty nine. Yeah, forty-five. Let us know. Uh, leave a three-minute message. If it goes longer, just call back. I'll splice those together. Uh, we'd love to hear stories. We've got a small collection of them, and, and we're kind of building them. So, you know, we want uh, we want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, especially now with the times. You know, the UAPs are continuing. The disclosures continuing. Like, you know, it just it's not stopping just because we took a break for a month. Um, so stand by for more episodes. Stand by for news also. Oh, uh, you know, monthly we get our news episode, so we'll we'll throw that your way. And I'll tell you what, guys, I actually have been saving some. There's some shit that has come down the pike in the last month that is very, very surprising. So I can't wait for our July news for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. The UAP world is blowing up right now, oh, but insane. I still feel like that report that's going to come out is going to be very underwhelming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. You know, everybody's excited about it, but it's like, man, what are you going to do? At most, it's going to be like, oh, here are a few more sightings that weren't out there publicly, but we don't know what any of this shit is. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, touche. You know, same thing. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So stand by for that. Uh, how are we looking on socials? They're still there, I think. <laughs> I tried um, to keep up when we had a break. I think I did okay. <laughs> eh, I don't know. Uh, we're at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Strange Uncles on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. Um, there is some cool stuff there. I'd recommend going and checking it out. Um, it gets updated, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, now that we're nested, we'll get back in the swing of things. You know, we need you guys' help for it for sure. And then uh, Patreon, stand by. We're going to try to schedule Strangers Around the Table again, amongst other things. And, uh, of course, the books we're reading. You know, I had a little bit of a hiatus with the move, but I'm starting to pick them back up again, get them in routine. And I've got a bunch to recommend, so we're looking good there. Uh, so let us know. But I don't know, boys. That's all I got on my side. That's all I got on my side. It's good to see you guys again. Hell yeah. Absolutely. You know, in person or sure. I've been waiting for this. It's been fun. So I will continue the move and we'll continue to schedule uh, episodes. And uh, yeah, yeah, glad to be alive and thrive for season five. So there you go. Very alliterative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that being said, close the gates, everyone.